And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction, a preposition. It's a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with miss attached to it. Bob, listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to and come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ, and comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Well, well actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Honey Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Happy holidays, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the incomparable Lisa Wolf. In this hour, William Conrad stars on a Christmas episode of Gunsmoke from 1954. But first, it's Name That Tune. Lisa Wolf Cohen will play short clips from popular songs, and a Hollywood 360 listener contestant named Jason and I will try to name that tune, right, Lisa? That's right. We have Jason on the phone from Portland. Hi, Jason. Hi, Jason. Hey, you guys. Happy holidays. Thank Same you. You, to you too. Glad you made it through. We're going to talk a little uh, top songs of all time. Mm. So in this particular okay. uh, session, it's really not if you know the song, but how quickly that you can identify the song, because you'll both know all of these songs. The name of the song. The title sure. of the song. Okay. So, um, Jason, sounds, Jason sounds very smart. What did you say, Jason? Uh First person to yell it out first wins. Exactly. Yell it out as soon as you can. I'm you in both trouble. know all of these songs. Uh, so here mm. is the first song. How, Maybe do you know, was, how do you know that both of us know these songs? Because I chose... Do you know us that well? I, I mean, know Jason that well. I don't okay. know you that well. Right. But Jason and I are pretty close. So. Yeah. All right. um, I will give you the year of the song just to give you a okay. genre. And Carl, you, you know all of these songs. I do? Yes. Okay. All, right. all right. The first song goes back to 1969. You don't always get what you want. I'll take it. Can't always get what you want. That's it. You can't always get what you want by the Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones from the oh, 1969 Jason, I'm up one. I'm album up one, called buddy. "Let It Bleed." All right. Written by Mick Jagger and Keith Richards. Okay. Jason, I'm up one, buddy. Come on now. I'll get the next one. All right. Ready? There you go. This is a good song, by the way. Yeah. In case you didn't notice. Second song, 1969. This is, uh, this is Claire, uh, Creedence, Claire, Claire, Water Revival. This is, uh, it ain't me. Sorry, dude. <laughs> It's this It's called uh No, you guys they actually said the title. There it is. Fortunate, fortunate son. Yeah, fortunate they, son? Yeah. Called is it fortunate. son or one? Fortunate this is all before son. my time. S-O-N. Yeah, me too. Yes. Uh, this was on their album called Willie and the Poor Boys. Um, 
Yeah, I guess these are little. Boy, that Willie and but... the Poor Boys, man. You yeah, know, they were very poor guys. Where's some eighties music? Yeah, um, where's the eighties music? It's Lisa? coming. The one of them is from the eighties, but not this one. All right, we didn't get that one, huh? <laughs> All right, yeah. here we go. Yeah. I know this goes way back. I'm not going to give you the year. Um, let's hear it. Great balls of fire. Great balls Shaking. of fire. Exactly by uh, G- Jerry Lee Lewis. This song sold one million copies in its first ten days of the release. Really, a million copies? Just in the, in the first ten days. And look, things were different then. They didn't have all the <laughs> the platforms that we have today. <laughs> I had platform shoes. Oh, I know you did. <laughs> <laughs> they were great. My mom's like, you're gonna you're gonna sprain your ankle wearing those platform shoes. And well, I was like, you probably got used to them because you still wear them today. You're okay. <laughs> I wear lifts. I don't wear. Uh, I, li- I wear lifts in my sandals. Same thing. <laughs> in your sandals with your socks. <laughs> my Bomba socks. <laughs> Bombas are good. Uh, All right. Here's the next song. Well, it's one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready. Now go, cat, go, but don't you. Loose weight shoes. Loose weight shoes. Oh, yeah, there you That's go. That's right. Written and first recorded by Carl Perkins, 1955. And then, of course, Elvis Presley recorded it just after that in 1956. I think this is Carl Perkins, this right? This is Carl yeah. Perkins' version. All right, two to one, two to one. Um, now I... Okay. But don't you loose shoes. All right, next song. Yeah. Here we go. Great Balls of Fire? No, we had that one already, right? <laughs> we did. Oh, good there golly, Miss Molly. Good yeah. Molly, Little Richard. Uh, released in Good golly, Miss Molly. Look, these are our top songs of all time. Who picked this playlist? Time. I did. Lisa. Uh-oh. These are oh not. Oh, my gosh. These are the top songs yeah, Lisa. of all time. <laughs> I'm with Jason. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, this is lousy stuff. This Terrible. is the worst. What were you doing? These songs are awful. Put, some, put some time into this, would you? <laughs> all right, the next song. I went to 1987. Show me what you got, guys. Still haven't found what I'm looking for. There it is. That's exactly right. Great job. From the album The Joshua Tree. The Joshua Tree. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have known this. You don't know you two? Not really. Really? See, I can't please everyone here, Jason. I don't know. Carl's going to know Blue Suede Shoes, but he's not going to know. I still have I mean, what I'm I don't know for. these. I know U2, but Toothpaste. I know that one. You know what? U2, but Toothpaste. <laughs> but I don't know U2. That's a good one. Yeah, that was See, good. See, Jason liked it. I'm not Lisa's sure. Lisa's looking was, at me like, I'm not nah. sure if there was sarcasm. Jason liked all it. your jokes. Thanks, Jason. All right, so it's tied up, right? It's over. That's it's it. over? That's we tied? all of them. Oh, man, it's like kissing your sister. Well, don't do it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. That's no good. <laughs> I know. Ah, uh, Jason, we tied, buddy. Well, you know what? All right, it's like a soccer match. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you didn't lose. You didn't win. But guess what? I'm going to send you a Twilight Zone 4 CD set. How do you like that? All right. That'll make a good Christmas present. Yes, it will. You know what? You're a winner just for being on the radio Absolutely. With us. <laughs> Way to go, Jason. Thanks <laughs> for calling in. I love it. Thanks for calling <laughs> Thank in, buddy. You, Appreciate you. All right, well, Merry Christmas, everybody. You too. When we come back, it's William Conrad and uh, Gunsmoke as uh, U.S. Marshal Matt Dillon stick around.
More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Ah, yes, indeed. Uh, This is Hollywood 360. That was my good buddy Adam West there is our announcer. Uh, Batman himself. And, um, yeah, what a what a nice guy. He um, unfortunately passed away a few years ago. But we are good pals. And um, I asked him one time, hey, could you, I'm doing, starting this show, could you please um, do me the honor of being uh, the show's announcer? And he was like, absolutely. And so that's who is the in and out announcer there on the, uh, on the Hollywood 360 show. Great, great man. And nobody is Batman. He's the only man that's Batman. I mean, all these guys that have played Batman, you know, I'm sorry, but there's only one Batman. That's Adam West. There's only one Robin, and that's Burt Ward. Right, Lisa? That's the original duo. Oh, man. Nobody is Robin other than Burt Ward. And, uh, but we've had Burt Ward on the show. Yes. We should have him back. Yeah, See what he was it, great. He loves dogs. He 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 has yeah. all these, he raises all these dogs, has this great dog food that he invented. Right. And, yeah. Burt Ward. Those guys were awesome as Batman and Robin. There's not a time I could turn on the TV and there's a if there's a Batman episode playing, I watch it. Love it. Remember as a kid coming home from school and just racing home to watch Batman. They were on Tuesdays and Thursday nights uh, when I was a kid. They were, you know, they the cliffhangers always, remember? Sure. Gosh, there was nothing, there's nothing like that anymore. Yeah, just like when we talked about the little rascals earlier. Yeah, the little rascals. I mean, I oh. have a, you know, a, a affinity toward that as well. My I mean, goodness, I yeah. Them. Classic flicks, if you want to get your centennial edition of uh, the little rascals, all 80 shorts, digitally remastered. Holy cow. They look great. They sound great. Leonard Malton does wraparounds on it. Uh, you can get the Blu-ray or DVD. Unbelievable collection. The Centennial Collection of the Little Rascals. Go to Classic Flicks. Classic and then F-L-I-X dot com to buy them. And um, I can't wait to get mine. I ordered it, and it's on its way. All right, we're listening now to Gunsmoke, December 25th, 1954. This is called Kitty Lost. It has a Christmas theme. And uh, they used the same script for the Gunsmoke television show three years later on December 21st, 1957. A lot of times they would take the same script that they use on radio and adapt it for TV. Why not, right? They had great writers on the radio, and um, that's what they did. Well, let's listen to this. Part one now. William Conrad is U.S. Marshal Matt Dillon. Part one of Gunsmoke. Gunsmoke. Around Dodge City and in the territory on West, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers, and that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of gun smoke. Gunsmoke, starring William Conrad, the transcribed story of the violence that moved west with young America, and the story of a man who moved with it. I'm that man. 
Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. The first man they look for and the last they want to meet. It's a chancy job, and it makes a man watchful. And a little lonely. Oh, hello, John. I'm gone to luck anyway. Uh, Mr. Dillon? Well, how are you, Chester? How, how long have you been standing here? Oh, not long. I'm waiting to go to dinner with Doc, if he ever comes out of his office, that is. Well, ha- have you been here a half hour? No, not that long, I don't think. Why? Well, I thought maybe you'd seen Miss Kitty out here in the street somewhere. No, I haven't seen her. She's got to be someplace. <laughs> well, I expect she is, Chester. Well, it's no place I know of. I can't find her. How'd you try the Longhorn? Oh, no, sir. She's never in there before afternoon sometime. Oh, what about her room? That's where I was supposed to meet her, Mr. Dillon. But she ain't there and nobody saw her. Nobody I talked to, anyway. Oh, she'll be around. Yeah, but it ain't like Miss Kitty not to be where she says she'll be. I don't get so worried, Chester. It can't be that important. Well, it's pretty important to me. Oh? Yes, sir. I... I got a date tonight with a little girl who works over at the Alphaganza. What's that got to do with Kitty? Well, my only pair of good pants got busted, Mr. Dillon, and Miss Kitty was patching them up for me. She told me to come pick them up today just before noon. (laughs) No wonder you're worried. Is uh, this a new girl that you got, Chester? Yes, sir. Well, she's new to me. (laughs) Little southern gal with a mouthful of honey, Mr. Dillon. Honey, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, that makes good bait for old bears like you. Oh, Mr. Dillon, huh? I ain't no bear. Not really. <laughs> well, hello, Matt. Chester. Yeah, hello, Doc. Doc, how are you? Oh, I hope I haven't kept you waiting too long, Matt. Well, that's okay, Doc. Now I won't have to worry if I'm the one that's late next time. Huh? I'm not the one that's late. Oh, you're not? No. Kitty is. Kitty? Yes, she said yesterday she'd be in at noon. Wanted me to look at a tooth that's been bothering her, and, and I promised I'd be there, but I can't wait forever. Ah, it seems like Kitty's late all the way around today, doesn't it? I was supposed to see her too, Doc, but I can't find her no place. Well, it doesn't matter. She's probably sleeping in for a change. No, she ain't. I've been to her room. Nobody saw her around there at all. Is that so? She said she'd be there. Well, come to think of it, it's not like Kitty. When she says she'll be there, she's there. Yeah, kindly worries me. Now, you two getting all worked up over nothing, Kitty. Isn't that clock-like? And well, you then know where it. is she, Matt? I don't know where she is. Kitty's a big girl. She can take care of herself. Now, stop worrying about her. Hey, here comes Sam Noonan. Maybe he knows where she's at. Well, how would he know? Well, Miss Kitty works for him at the Long Branch, don't you? Uh, sure, but Sam doesn't keep her on a string. Her time's her own. Morning, gentlemen. Hello, Sam. How are you, Sam? Say, Sam, Sam, you ain't seen Miss Kitty around today, have you? No, Chester, I ain't. Those two men standing here thought I'd come ask you. You mean that you're looking forward to? Well, she was going to come to the Long Branch about 10 o'clock. Went down early to meet her, and she ain't showed up yet, Marshal. Uh, 10 o'clock's pretty early for Kitty, isn't it, Sam? Well, sure, but she was doing it as a favor to me. 
I want to get started repainting the place, and she was going to give me some ideas about making it real fancy. She said she'd be there, and I got a man waiting to go to work on it this afternoon. You know, it beats me. Kitty takes one morning off, and everybody in Dodge is out looking for it. Well, I don't know about everybody else, Marshal, but I, I do know when Kitty says she'll do something, she does it. That's just what we've been saying, Sam. Where do you think she's got to, anyway? I ain't gone looking for it, Chester. I've just been waiting. Matt. Yeah, what, Doc? Kitty might miss one appointment, but she'd never in the world miss three. Uh, who saw her last? Uh, you, Sam? What time did she leave the Long Branch last night? Oh, it was early, Marshal. It was real early. Oh, why? Where did she go? Well, she was talking to some dude from back east. I never saw him before, and they both disappeared about ten o'clock. I don't know where they went. She didn't come back? That's the last I seen of her. Yeah. Uh, who is this dude? Do you, you know his name? No, I don't. He was a... Tall, thin fella, had fancy clothes. That's all I know. I don't trust them dudes and never did. Well, maybe we better find him and talk to him. Well, where are we going to find him? The Dodge house, Chester. A man like that wouldn't stop anyplace else. Look, uh, Doc, you better go ahead and eat. I'll, uh, I'll join you if I can. Maybe this fella got her outside and knocked her in the head and robbed her, Mr. Dillon. Kitty doesn't carry money on her, Chester. Well, she wears jewelry. She's also over 21 years old, and she's got enough sense not to let anybody knock her on the head. Uh, and if he did, I suppose somebody would have found her by now. Yeah, sure. Hey, look. There's Mr. Doby himself at the desk in there. Oh, good. Marshal, Chester. Hello, Mr. Doby. How you, Doby? Now, don't tell me the Dodge house has taken in another gunman. You're going to shoot the place up again. Well, that wouldn't happen so often if you'd make your guests check their guns, Doby. <laughs> kind of people come in here to take the army to do that. That's a poor rule anyway. A man can always hide a gun. Or a knife. It's not that kind of a man I'm looking for this time, Doby. It's uh, an Easterner. Some dude. Hmm. What's his name? Well, I don't know his name, but he's tall and thin, and he's a sort of a fancy dresser. He's new to Dodge. Hmm. Must be that fellow Rackmill. Rackmill? He fits your description, but he sure didn't look like no troublemaker to me. What's he done? I don't know, Toby. I don't know. Maybe nothing. Um, is he in his room? No, no, he ain't. Funny thing, now you mention it. Clerk told me this morning that Rackmill didn't come in at all last night. He didn't? I didn't think nothing about it till now. Oh, you know how some fellas are. They get to playing cards or something. He ain't up to no good, Mr. Dillon. I just know he ain't. Uh, Doby, uh, what do you know about him? I told you all I know. He come here day before yesterday. Said he was traveling around, seeing the West. I don't think he's working. 
You don't act sharp enough to be a gambler. Okay, Toby, thanks. Uh, thanks very much. Uh, look, uh, if he does come in, don't say anything about my being here, will you? Not a word, Marshal. But I'll send somebody after you if you want. Good, good. I gotta go find that clerk. I ain't paying him for me to stand here all day. Well, what are we gonna do now, Mr. Dillon? Uh, look, I tell you, Chester, you go down and check the stage, huh? I'm gonna go over to the depot and uh, I'll see you back at the office. You think you might have kidnapped her? Well, we'll know when we find her, Chester. I tell you, production values on Gunsmoke were just off the chain. They're so great. Now, this was never done in front of a studio audience. They would actually go into CBS uh, studios in Los Angeles, uh, the whole cast there, William Conrad, along with Georgia Ellis and uh, Parley Bear and um, Howard McNear. And they would go in and they'd get their scripts. They'd do a roundtable read. And they would do like two or three at a time. So they, you know, they were off then for the next couple of weeks. But then all of the sound effects were done live. It was as if it was live. And the music and everything. They really didn't do anything in post. So what you're hearing, you know, as he gets off the chair, the sound effects, you know, team on Gunsmoke was incredible. Just so great. Um, We're listening to an episode called Kitty Lost from December 25th, Christmas of 1954. We'll get back to Gunsmoke in a moment. Hi, Carl Amari here. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, Suspense, and Burns and Allen, consider becoming a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, members receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows in superior sound quality, along with historical liner notes and photos of the radio stars. The 10 shows I'll send you will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. Members also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood with 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. The digital links never expire, so you can listen to Hollywood 360 and Radio Rarities whenever you'd like. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. And when you join the Classic Radio Club, there's no long-term commitment. You can cancel at any time. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. You know, if there was, I would say, one radio show, I'd have to say, well, I'll break it down, the top, my top three shows that I love to listen to the most, obviously number one would be either Boston Blackie or Suspense. Now, Suspense is, is a better series than Boston Blackie because you had all these superstar movie stars on it. And you had all kinds of stories, mostly mystery, but you'd have a sci-fi on there. You'd have a, you know, a kind of a detective story. Suspense really was, I think, the best series of all time. I just love Boston Blackie because I just love the whole concept of, you know, he was a jewel thief and then, you know, is uh, always trying to get himself out of a jam. You know, whenever there's a murder, the, uh, the police are always trying to pin it on him. I love that whole concept. But... Up there with those two 
is Gunsmoke. Gunsmoke. And I'm not even that big of a Western fan. Like, I don't really, when a Western movie comes out, I'm like, eh. Right? I mean, one of my favorite movies, though, of all time is Unforgiven. That's, that's a cut above all the other Westerns. But Gunsmoke, when you listen to Gunsmoke, just the acting and the and the sound effects and the music and just the stories, the, the writing is so great, you know? I, I... I would have to say I could like if there was only three radio shows that I could listen to for the rest of my life, it would be those three. So there's no comedies in there. No, no. Well, I I mean, obviously, I love comedies, too, but there's nothing like Gunsmoke and uh, and suspense. All right. We're listening to Kitty Lost, which was also um, performed on TV with a different cast. Obviously, James Arness played uh, Marshall Matt Dillon on television. But uh, William Conrad here on this, December 25th, 1954. Here's the conclusion to Gunsmoke. Did you find anything, Chester? Uh, hello, Doc. Oh, well, hello, Matt. Nobody ain't seen him at the stage office, Mr. Dillon. There's only one stage out today, and that left this morning, and they wasn't on it. Yeah. Matt, I didn't think there would be. Uh, what about the train? Did they leave on that? Uh, they remember Racknell when he came in the other day, but uh, he hasn't bought any ticket to leave. Then he must be somewhere in Dodge, Matt. I stopped by Miss Kitty's room on my way back, Mr. Dillon. She ain't been in yet. You know, they tell me back in New York, some policemen do nothing but look for people that are missing. That's how many disappear all the time. Do they find them, Doc? Sometimes, yes, of course. They, they always check the city morgue first. Oh, that's where they find a lot of them. People that got killed, you mean? Mm-hmm. Well, some just fall down and die on the streets. Heart seizure, you know, something like that kind of hits them. But, of course, a lot of them are victims of murder or killing of one kind of, you know, fights and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it must happen a lot. They got so many people living there. It does, but it can happen anywhere, Chester. Only in New York, they're better organized to locate people that are missing and don't come home when they should. Always check the morgue first, huh? Yeah, oh, that's the best place. It saves a lot of time and trouble. Say, we ought to have a morgue here in Dodge. Oh, whatever. Oh, Jeff, we don't need one. Dodge isn't big enough for a morgue. No, I just ain't. Besides, people don't come up missing here very often. Well, if you two well-wishers have got the morgue problem settled, I'd like to say something. Why, surely, Matt, go ahead. If Kitty was in Dodge, we'd have heard from her by now. I'm... Presuming she's alive, of course, Doc, if that doesn't go too much against your theory. Oh, of course she is, man. Of course she's alive. I was telling Chester about things back east, that's all. And if she's left Dodge and she didn't go by stage or by train, then there's only one other way that she could have gone, isn't there? You mean she walked? <sighs> That'd be about as likely as you walking somewhere, Chester. I don't know why I didn't think about it before. Let's go down to the stable. I didn't think about them going horseback either, Mr. Dillon. I guess maybe it's because I say that fellow Racknell's a dude. Horses don't seem his style. Well, we don't know that much about him, Chester. What if he went alone? What if he didn't take Miss Kitty with him after all? Well, he can go anywhere he wants to. Alone. Well, 
I don't see Moss Grimmick nowhere. Uh. Hey, Moss. Moss Grimmick. Hey. Here now, here now. Who's doing all that hollering? He's laying in that stall over there, Mr. Dillon. He's been sleeping. Yeah. Oh, it's you, Marshal. Chester, you woke me up. I'm sorry to bother you, Moss, but uh, I got to talk to you. Trouble, Marshal? Well, I don't know. But if there is, uh, maybe you can help me. Always willing to help, Marshal. Tell me, have you rented out any horses lately, Moss? Uh, last night or today? No, I haven't. Business has been mighty slow all week, Marshal. No, you haven't. Uh, you sure? Well, you mean saddle horses, don't you? Yeah, yeah, sure. I thought so. No man's gonna make a getaway in a buggy, is he? In a buggy? What, do you rent buggies? Not often, but I did last night. By golly, I'm glad you reminded me. He ain't brought it back yet. That fellow still got my buggy, Marshal. Who was it, Moss? Oh, some stranger. I never saw him before. Was he an Easterner? He ain't from around here, not in them clothes. Did he, uh, have anybody with him? Yeah. Yeah, he had a girl. She waited outside for him. I didn't pay no attention to her. It was a good moon last night, and it was going for a little drive. But I want my horse and buggy back, Marshal. You think they went and stole it? Uh, tell me, Moss, did he say where they were going? He said something about Indian Spring. Asked me how far it was. I told him 20 miles. He figured that was too far, but said maybe they'd drive down partway. What'll I do, Marshal? Oh, uh, what time was it when they took the buggy? Ten o'clock, maybe. Well, there's nothing down toward Indian Spring I know of, Mr. Dillon. There's hardly even any ranches down there. They must have run into trouble of some kind. Maybe that's it, Marshal. I'll tell you. I didn't bother to mention it since they wasn't going far, but one of the iron rims is off the left wheel on that buggy. Could be they hit a rock and the wheel busted. Yeah, maybe. But it doesn't take all night and half a day to walk 20 miles. But uh, don't worry about your buggy, Moss. We'll find it. There was no trail going to Indian Spring, so all we could do was start out in the general direction and then ride back and forth across the prairie till we found the buggy tracks. That took an hour, but from then on it was easy. We covered the first ten miles fast, so fast that we almost missed where the buggy had stopped and a woman's footprints led away from it. We followed these for a mile or two, and then up ahead we suddenly saw puffs of smoke coming from a clump of box elder, Indian style. That must be Miss Kitty in there, Mr. Dillon. Yeah. Well, is she signaling or what? Well, it looks like it. And she must be in trouble. Maybe. That rack mill fellow must have put her out and just left her to starve. Now, why would he do a thing like that? Well, he's not going to get far enough in that buggy for me not to ask him personally, Justin. But first, we'll take care of Kitty. There she is. She sees us. She's waving. Hi, Miss Kitty. Oh, she's all right, Mr. Dillon. She ain't hurt. Oh, look. Over every more. She, 
She's been using a petticoat to make them smoke signals with. Signals? Now you found me? No, we, we tracked you, Miss Kitty. Sure is good to see you. What's the matter with your ankle, Kitty? Oh, well, I turned it. It's not that swollen. How'd you know? Well, I could tell by your tracks back there that you were favoring it. Hmm. I never noticed that. Well, that's why I had to stop walking, Matt. I knew it'd get worse and I'd never make dodge on it. Figured I was better off here than out in the prairie where I couldn't even build a fire. Well, that was smart of you, Kitty. Now, look, you can ride on one of our horses back and we'll go double, huh? In the skirt? Oh. Well, uh, one of us can wait here with you while the other one goes and fetches a buggy, okay? No, that'd take too long. I'll make it. I can ride side saddle if we don't go too fast. Okay. (laughs) You must be hungry. You know, we didn't think to bring anything to eat. I'm starved. At least I've had water. There's a tiny little spring under that rock over there. Yeah. You're uh, lucky you had matches, too. I wish I'd had a gun. It's alive with rabbits around here. (laughs) Well, you could have trapped some if you had stayed here long enough. Uh, I'll show you how someday. Thanks, but I hope I never need to know how. (laughs) Oh, Chester, Mm -hmm. will you go get our hat and stuff and then throw some sand on that fire? All right, sir. And I'll have me a drink of water while I'm at it, too. Then we'll get started for Dodge, Kitty. Yeah, the sooner we get there, the sooner you can eat. A side of beef and a sack of potatoes would make a good start. And I come to think of it, I uh, missed dinner myself. I'll join you. I'm sorry I'm so much trouble, Matt. Ah. As long as you're safe... You know, you had everybody worried. Me and Chester and Doc, Sam Noonan. I know. I've been thinking about it. Matt? Yeah. I turn up missing, so you scout around and finally track me down, clear out here in the prairie and find me standing around on one foot in a bunch of little trees, playing Indian. And you don't even ask me how I got here. I know how you got here. Well, sure, of course. With Jim Rackmill and that fool buggy. Partway, anyhow. But that's not what I mean, man. Well, if he'd been out to kidnap or murder you, I guess you'd have mentioned it before this, wouldn't you? Tells us silly. I feel like a fool telling it. Well, go ahead and say it. It can't be that bad. Rackmill's an Easterner. He's never been out here before, and... Well, we got to talking, and he said he'd like to see the prairie in the moonlight. It was my idea we rent a buggy and take a drive for an hour or so. Anything to get out of that smoky saloon for a while. So we did. And he tried to hold your hand. And you got mad, and you slapped him. And you jumped down, and you started walking. How'd you know that? <laughs> I know you, Kitty. You know, sometimes you've got a terrible temper. Well, I paid for it this time. Honest, Matt, that's all he did. Tried to hold my hand. I believe it. You know, but you'd have been smarter if you just slapped him and let it go at that. You could have ridden back to Dodge in style. <laughs> Why'd I have to act like a schoolgirl, Matt? I don't know, Kitty. Some people grow up slow. But I'll tell you one thing. 
It's a lot better than growing up too fast. Well, thanks for that anyway, Matt. Hey, look out yonder, Mr. Miller. Look what's coming. What? It's Rackmill in the buggy. I forgot all about him. Where in the world's he been all this time? Well, looks like we ain't gonna have to run him down after all, don't it? Well, he didn't do anything, Chester. He tried to hold my hand. Well, he sure looks wild now. Now, listen, you two. You stay out of this. Leave Rackmill to me. I'll handle him. Uh, come on, Chester. Let's uh, ease up those saddles, huh? Yes, sir. Miss Kitty. Miss Kitty, are you all right? Am I all right? I've been going crazy trying to find you. It was dark, and you disappeared so fast, and then I finally saw the smoke a while ago. You did, huh? How'd you know that smoke wasn't Indian? Well, I didn't know. In fact, I thought it must be. I had to make sure, Miss Kitty. Well, dude, you're a pretty brave man, Mr. Rockwell. Oh, I knew it wasn't Indians as soon as I saw them. Have they been bothering you, Miss Kitty? What? Come on, Miss Kitty. Get in the buggy. Aren't you forgetting I got out of that buggy once? We'll talk about it later. Take my arm. Take it. Well, if I... I'll say one thing, Mr. Rockmill. You're sure right about going crazy. Please, Miss Kitty. No. I like it here. I've been real comfortable. I'm going to stay. Learn how to trap rabbits. I may decide to live here, Mr. Rockmill. No, no, no. You don't understand, Miss Kitty. We're all alone, way out in the prairie. I don't like the looks of those men. I've got to get you out of here. You've got to get me out of here. You. Please be sensible before it's too late. It's already too late. Now, get in your buggy and go on back to Dodge, if you can find it. I can find it, all right. I promise you I can. Come, Miss Kitty. Which way is Dodge? Well, why, it's right back there. You're pointing towards Texas. Well, it doesn't matter. We'll find it. I won't leave you here, Miss Kitty. I don't care how mad you get. Oh, I'm getting mad again, It huh? doesn't matter. I don't blame you for last night. I apologize. I shouldn't have tried to hold your hand. I just lost myself for a moment, that's all. I, it won't happen again, I promise you. But I am not going to leave you here. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Rackmill. I've been unfair. I do have a bad temper, you know. Yes, I know. And you're right about those two. They are a pretty tough-looking pair, aren't they? They're coming back. As a matter of fact, they do look more like desperados than lawmen. Lawmen? Mr. Rackmill... This is Marshall Dillon of Dodge City, Kansas. Marshall Dillon? And that's Chester Proudfoot. How do you do? Oh. How do you do? <laughs> it's okay, Rackmill. We're not after you. Well, I, uh, I didn't know that she knew you. I mean, I thought you were strangers. No, no, we're not strangers. In fact, we rode out here to find Kitty. <laughs> I've been trying to find her, too. All night and all day, I've been driving around... Wrong. Now, wait a minute. You men aren't going to make all this my fault. I only did what any lady would do. Kitty, you do a lot better if you get something to eat. Eat? What are we standing around here for? Matt, will you and Chester ride along with us? Sure, we will, Kitty. And Mr. Rackmill, when we get to Dodge, maybe you'll have supper with us. That's very kind of you, Miss Kitty. Good. Now, if you'll hold my hand, you can help me into the buggy.
Gunsmoke, produced and transcribed under the direction of Norman MacDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Our story was specially written for Gunsmoke by John Meston, with music composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Sound patterns by Tom Hanley and Ray Kemper. Featured in the cast were John Daner, James Nusser, Barney Phillips, and Vic Perrin. Harley Bear is Chester, Howard McNear is Doc, and Georgia Ellis is Kitty. Join us again next week as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal, fights to bring law and order out of the wild violence of the West in Gunsmoke. Ever see a highway droopert? Chances are most of you were on one of the highways today, and if you were, you probably saw a droopert, or maybe a dozen drooperts. He follows too close, hugging the bumper of the car ahead. He changes lanes without looking or signaling. He lags along in the left-hand lanes, holding up the normal flow of traffic. And he's plain discourteous most of the time. Well, that's a highway droopert. How about the hundreds of other good highway drivers? The Safety Council tells us that good drivers allow at least one car-length following distance for every 10 miles of speed. The good driver is relaxed and courteous. He gets in one lane and stays there until time to leave the highway. And if he must go slower than the normal traffic, he keeps in the right-hand lane. Highways have greatly improved our safety record. Let's use them sensibly by being good drivers, not Rupert's. Remember, drive the highway the safe way. Remember, listen again next week for another story of the Western Frontier when Marshal Matt Dillon, Chester Proudfoot, Doc, and Kitty, together with all the other hard-living citizens of Dodge, will be with you once more. It's America growing west in the 1870s. It's drama. It's gun smoke. Lisa hit the I, rim shot while I that guy was that. talking there. Uh, that What'd would you do? Be, Pay attention. Listen, you're the one with all the buttons, all three Pay of attention. the buttons there. They get all he was three. talking about a grouper to, uh, who's not courteous when he's driving. Right? And then you that's went, you. That's Lisa. <laughs> I've, had the, I've had the displeasure of being in the same car with her when she's hey, driving. Listen, oh, I have man. to go in your 1972 you Nova about- every week. You know, just because my Nova has, it's like Fred Flintstone has the yeah, bottom. Yeah, right. Your feet have to have you to know, pedal on the ground. It's rusted out on the bottom, and you can see, you can literally see. And the heat doesn't work. It's cold in there. I know. There. you got to dress warm in that, in that so car. So it's not a lot of fun to be with you, Carl. But I car. probably need to get a new car soon because the bottom of the, of the car is rusting out, and you can see the road. That's probably oh, yeah. not That's why safe. it's cold in there. It's probably not. And uh, that's why one time there was a chipmunk in my car. <laughs> Literally, it would probably figure like, "Hey, look, I can get, I can." It, you know, you might need a I raise. I get in here. You might need a raise, Carl. You might yeah. need to. Uh, I probably need a new car pretty soon. Yeah, I think pretty yeah. soon, maybe next year. Uh, but I love that car. I've had it since the seventies. I have no sentimentality toward cars. You don't. You're just like you turn them right in. Yeah, I don't care as yeah. long as it's. Nicer. Right. <laughs> keep just keep I, I, moving forward. <laughs> I used to have a. I had an '88 Dodge Daytona, and I kind of miss that. Yeah, no, I don't I, miss a car. I love my Chevy Nova. I know you do. I love it. I mean, yeah, yeah but the. <sighs> but it's time to move on. You know, I can <laughs> when when you can start to see the road. Might be a sign. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, can't do it. Well, then you can have a beer in your car, and then when the cops pull you over, you can just drop it, it right out. out. Oh, yeah, I've done that. Carl's a big beer driver, <laughs> beer, beer drinker. <laughs> uh, that was Gunsmoke with Kitty Lost from December 25th, 1954. Hope you enjoyed that. Time for this month in music history. All right. This needs no introduction. Who picks the music? I do. Is this Alabama? Sweet Home Alabama. (laughs) Leonard Skinner, 1974, from his album Second Album. Reach number eight on the charts. I remember being like... I don't know, 16, 15. What year did this come out? Uh, 74. Yeah, I remember being like 15 or 16 at a at a dance and this playing, you know? Yes. Gosh. It's good, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just, you it's know what? just catchy, good, the old, the old stuff is the good stuff. I know, I just love all this stuff from the 70s and the 60s. I do too. Next week we'll do some Christmas music. Today we're going to do some Lisa music. Alright, thanks Lisa. <laughs> More of Hollywood 360 after this break. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. You know, earlier you were saying, oh, there's no comedies in your top three there. Well, if I had to put a comedy in there, because I do like comedy. If I was going to put a comedy, I, put I would put Jack, Jack Benny. Benny. I know. But, you know, it would be the second comedy I yes, put I in do. there. Groucho Marx, you bet. No, Phil Harris and Alice oh, Faye. okay. Phil Harris and Alice Faye. And we're going to listen to a Christmas episode with not only Phil Harris and Alice Faye, but Jack Benny as a guest star nice. in our Good next combo. hour. We're going to love it. We'll also play Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous, the music edition. That's right. It's all sad songs, Carl. Sad? Sad songs. Aww. I know. I thought you needed right. a little sadness. Coming your way. Stick around. Hi, everyone. This is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors. From fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me. Listen now. Search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform.